Welcome to the podcast that teaches you how to transform your life and your business. Here is your host, Rick Hyland, and this is CI for Life. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Continuous Improvement for Life podcast. I'm Rick Hyland. I'm here with my special guest, Jen Kefel. Did I say that right? Kefel. Oh, Kefel. Okay, very good. Jen, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm great, Rick. Thank you very much indeed for inviting me on. Yeah, and you're calling from beautiful Sussex, England? I am. It's usually beautiful. It is, actually. It's a very beautiful county in England. Very good. So, Jan, I'm excited to hear about your stories. You're a serial entrepreneur and you've been lots of lessons learned and uh, I'm excited for our listeners to get into that today. But before we jump into those lessons, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, Rick, I have been uh, a micro and a bigger business owner for most of my career, really, um, from sort of avoiding employment and going self-employed to micro businesses to growing one up to um, so a considerable size with uh, about 50 people, that sort of size. Um, so, so I've a fair amount of experience in small businesses of shape, all shapes and descriptions. I was entirely self-taught, so I, or certainly in the earlier years, would be more accurate. So there probably isn't a mistake going I have made. So I can certainly uh, explain those to our listeners and uh, advise from various pitfalls to avoid. Uh, And since since those days, I've uh, decided to take it a bit easier and I write, which is my passion, but I write about entrepreneurship because that's still also my passion. So I write books and articles and uh, all all for entrepreneurs to support and help them along the way. Good. Yeah. And that's what I want to pick your brain on because I've seen some of that and you've got some great insights. So let's start with... uh startups what's your advice both from lessons that haven't gone well and things that have gone well what's your lessons to those that are trying to start up a new business to start up entirely i think you want to be very very clear of what you want to get out of it because there's so many shapes and sizes of um, small businesses and you know if you are desperate to grow it big that's great if you are not desperate to grow it big that's okay too that's fantastic but don't muddle the two or be unclear about where you're heading because otherwise you'll drift all over the place and you'll do all the wrong things so so get that picture of where you're going and why you're doing it it's it's a crucial thing i know it's simon sinek's realm not mine but the fact remains is you have to have that passion to get you out of bed in the morning and to keep working as hard as you need to to start up, right? So, yeah, absolutely. So okay. It is hard work. It is hard work. Uh, and you have to know your why and uh, be clear on the direction you're going, not just hustling and then entirely uncertain because there's tons of tools and methods and people saying, go here, go there. And so I love your message of clarity. Anything else for startups? For startups at that stage, I think, um, what else? I think do your research, be very clear on your market because, you know, I've seen that kill startups before they're off the ground. I mean, that applies to every stage, um, that research, but a lot of startups go into it 
convinced they've got this fantastic idea. And it sounds a fantastic idea, but they actually haven't checked out the market and nobody's interested in that fantastic idea. And, and that's just a disaster. And people bash their heads against a wall for far too long, not listening to what the market's saying. Mm, that's a good one. So research and listen to what the market says. Good. So let's move. All right, we've started up, we've got early sales. So, but now I want to scale. My goal is to grow this thing 10x. What are some of your lessons or encouragements or advice there? Well, I think we start with the market again, okay. because you know, when you start up, you're probably willing to sell anything to anyone. Whereas you've got to refine it and you've got to be really clear of your proposition and really clear whether you've got enough traction to go 10x or wherever you're aiming to go. <clears throat> so I think it still starts all over again with massive market research and connection. And I like your point about a very clear value proposition, right? Is it just is this just something the same as what the competitor offers, or is there something very, you know, strategically I, important? Yeah, I mean, I think it has to stand out over the competitor in some yeah. way. You know, you have to be something that's going to pull people's strings in some way they don't. Um, you know, which which you have to refine by listening to the potential customer. Yeah. Okay, anything else to scale in your experience? Oh, goodness, yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to, to narrow that down before I came in and talked to you, and okay. I managed to get it down to six. Oh, wow. <laughs> Bear okay. with me. Okay. <laughs> so, so the first one is market research. The second one would be really good right-hand and left-hand people because whereas you can just about juggle everything on your head when you're starting off, when you grow, that's going to go out the window and you're going to make a th- mess and a half if you try and keep everything on your head because eventually you can't manage everybody you can't manage everything you have to let go and have that support and they will bring tons in with them they'll bring expertise that you may not have knowledge you may not have experience that you might not have and they will help absolutely catapult your company but you have to have to let go and to have some really good Top, That's one of the manager. hardest lessons to learn for entrepreneurs sometimes. Isn't, isn't it? it just? Yeah. Either because they're tight on funds or they know best or they've got the expertise and it's hard to delegate. But that that is one of the hardest. If you want to really leverage and scale, you're absolutely right. You have to be able to delegate well mm-hmm. and hire well uh, and trust people, right? Um, and And train them well. So absolutely. Okay. Keep going. If you've got six, that's awesome. (laughs) Okay. Um, Right. With the people, let's stick to people for a second. I would say culture, because when you start up, you've got a lot of fun, a lot of high energy. Everybody knows everything and you're all having a laugh and that's great. And it's, it's in many ways often gives you the actual impetus to keep the ball rolling. So, that in some ways can very easily be an endangered species when you grow because what happens when you grow is you put in systems which is on my list of number of six but systems can constrain and they can flatten out that culture so culture has to start being rather than being a natural thing it has to be something that you consciously nurture just about get that right um, and encourage in every way you can that people actually love to work there. 
Uh, and I think that's really important because a flat culture will not scale. Yeah, so I <clears throat> this is a really important one. Can you give any examples there, Jan, of, of uh, what you can do in small business as you're trying to scale and keep that culture um, positive and focused and energetic? I think it's it's partly an energy thing. I think um, being very, very people-focused, I know we talk about it a lot, but being genuinely people-focused, putting your people first, they can look after, you know, we, we talk about putting the customer first. Actually, if you put your people first, they can look after the customers. And, you know, I think people need to really feel they matter and what matters to them connects with the business. Uh, and that it's a pleasure coming to work. And I think it's you want to foster a culture of innovation too, that people feel safe to contribute, safe to let their guard down and put forward silly ideas and not be laughed at, but uh, um, in fact be praised for trying new things. Yeah, very good. Okay. number. Are we on number four now? Um, what have we had? We've had. Uh, we've probably had. Probably have. Let me. Let me go. Money is is a good yeah. next one to go. Um, I always feel that this ought to be on the list. Having said that, I think if somebody is in this position, they really should be able to sort this one out. But um, money, I think, is is obviously crucial. You've got to have a plan in place because. Um, and that actually comes down to the other one I haven't mentioned, which is strategy. You sort of muddle through in a way when you're starting up and you do a lot of stuff last minute. And when you're scaling, the pace of that needs to change. You're, you have to plan and strategize so that you need your money in place when you need it, which is, means planning ahead. And equally, the same applies to the people especially if they're key people. You know, if you can see that you're going to need them in place next year, you want to start looking now because, you know, these things take much more time at scaling. So, so it's, a, it's a process of planning and strategizing. And with that, the money to pay for it will change as the various things come into play. It may be bigger buildings or it may be great people or whatever, but it's like a jigsaw puzzle stretching out on the road ahead of you. Yeah, I, um, I just read a, a Labor Bureau of Statistics in the U.S. of uh, the stat was this supports your, your points here. Um, it said, you know, 70% of small businesses fail in the first five years and pinpointed why. And there was three reasons. One, they ran out of money and didn't understand their finances. Number two, they didn't have good business strategy to your planning point. And three, even more specifically, they didn't have a real specific go-to-market strategy. They just hustled, you know. So yeah, those three points bear out your last couple right there. The importance of planning, strategy, continually learning, continuing to. But yeah, the, the things that got you maybe off the ground aren't necessarily the same skill set that'll help you scale, right? Exactly. It, um, the whole animal changes and you have yeah. to change with it. Wow, that's a, just a really good insight, Jan. So let, let me move you to one of my favorite topics. So many entrepreneurs are high achieving, uh, but also high stress and uh, burnout. And mental health is a big issue today in small business, uh, or in our society in general. But What's your advice to entrepreneurs as they're trying to accomplish these big goals and uh, taking care of their mental health? 
I think it's it's uh, actually now sort of fairly proven that, that entrepreneurs are, if anything, at more risk than your average person yeah. of mental health um, issues. We're more prone to challenges, um, you know, not least because, because we keep going. We're strong people who believe that we can vanquish everything. And, of course, that's the sort of makeup that makes people vulnerable. So I think it's it's partly a self-awareness, but I think we have to encourage each other to, to say, you know, we're entrepreneurs, we are vulnerable. We don't have to be strong all the time. To develop a network of other entrepreneurs who you can talk to, I think is hugely important because they're the ones that really understand, you know, much as people around us love us, Sometimes the best thing to do is say sort of almost there, there, or, you know, if it's really that bad, I wish you'd give it up. Um, whereas another entrepreneur will actually sit down and worry about the problem with you. And you can say, you know, whatever you want to fairly unprintably about your day or whoever's working for you or whatever's done your head in. But you can actually really talk it out. And that's so important. Yeah. So I think that's really key. And I think... Self-care, which doesn't come easy to many of us entrepreneurs, from enough sleep to not hitting the booze too much or, you know, all those things. I think people are better about it now than they used to be. But, um, you know, we do tend to do things all or nothing. Um, yeah. I, and that's dangerous in itself. It is. And I love your advice here. I, I can tell you a personal story on this regard that I think happens to many entrepreneurs is, you know, I'm in my, I'm 61 now, but I'm in my forties and I'm CEO of a consulting, fairly large consulting firm. And um, so I'm successful and uh, I'm burning out and I'm stressing out and I'm irritable and I'm not sleeping well. And I've exercised my whole life, but that wasn't enough to deal and cope uh, and I did. So I was proud that I at least exercised to try to do some self-care, but that wasn't enough to deal with the grind and uh, what was necessary to be successful in that role. So I had to learn other self-care skills besides exercise. And I read The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle and other books around mindfulness and meditation and learning to slow my mind down and breath work and et cetera. And it really just gave me a brand new toolkit that I needed. And I know a lot of stressed entrepreneurs that it's just critical if you're going to be successful in scaling your business, you have to develop these skill sets and more than one tool and more than one skill set to help you in your emotional, mental uh, state. So uh, that's my experience. And so I've been practicing, Jan, those trying to practice those skills since, you know, for the last 20 years. I wish I knew them earlier. And that's yeah. part of why we're you know, uh, mentioning this now to our listeners so that they'll want to develop this kind of capability. Does that, does that match with your experience as far as, you Very know, much so. yeah. I mean, I, I hit burnout too. And afterwards, which was far too late, I took up medicate, med, med, not medication, well, medication, yes, but we're not what I'm trying to say, <laughs> meditation. Gosh, right now. Um, and I found it that and breath work is, is tremendously helpful. Um, and I think you have to find the one that suits you. Um, Eckhart Tolle is, is one on my list, but you know, it's, it, it's, it depends very much which, which suits you, I think, don't you? 
Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, some really resonates, some style that resonates. That's but whatever it does, it is that helps you switch off. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would have known about mindfulness even, you know, before so you can develop the skills younger. The other skill set that I find very good in, on the mental health side is particularly for entrepreneurs that are hard charging and always got something else they need to accomplish is the skill of gratitude and focusing, yeah. you know, particularly in the morning on, uh, I write it down in my journal, in my day planner, but even if you just mentally review it while you're exercising or while you're walking or while you're brushed, you know, what are my, what am I grateful for versus just hard charging against what I haven't done yet. Yeah. Um, and it frames. No, I'm with you. I do, yeah. I do gratitude every morning. Cool. Yeah, it sounds like we're we're aligned there. So let me just pick your brain on one more topic here, and then I want the listeners to know where they can find you again. So if we go, we've talked about startups, scaling, mental health. If we just talk sales for a second and I ask you the question to uh, people that really, that, that lead generation or sales is the constraint um, as they're trying to grow, what, what advice would you give people on just on the sales side? Oddly enough, I mean, it, it seems to be a bit of a repeat word through this, but number one has to be research. You know, it, 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 it's extraordinary, isn't it, on LinkedIn that you still get these emails, you know, going, hi, you know, I see you've got purple hair, so I've got a perfect answer. You know, look in the picture, I haven't got purple hair. You yeah. know, what is wrong with people? Why don't they even do the most basic research? Um, I do not get it at all. But the more research you can do in sales, uh, particularly B2B, if there's quite a bit of money involved, is so key. You can save yourself so much aggro. You know, you won't get rejections if you research first. And when you do finally get put get to sort of pitching of any sort or even starting to chat you know the chances of having some success are just 10 million times higher so so research 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 and the other thing i would say to anybody doing sales is listen mm. there are so many sales people out there who think it's all about the gift of the gab and actually if they shut up and listen to their clients they get so much further yeah wow that's jen uh... So for me, it's all about building trust, right? And you just mm. mentioned two ways to build trust when you're when you don't know the individual. One, they are, they're always impressed when you do homework, right? When you do your research and you know a little yeah. bit about their needs, they're always impressed with that. And then the other thing that impresses and builds trust is if you're able to listen or at least repeat back in your pitch the issues you heard and tie it into yeah. your pitch. If you if you just look there and listen and then go into your normal pitch and it doesn't vary. No, very <laughs> true. Point heard. taken. Absolutely. You're missing the point. Uh, yeah. So, well, yes. yeah, I love that. Listen points. and digest is far better. You're quite right. Yeah. Yeah. People think listening is just being quiet. Listen, where listening really comes in is where you're able to rephrase it, reclarify yeah. it back. And they're nodding their head and said, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do or yeah. what my need is. And that's when you know you're a great listener and you're going to, be successful at building trust in sales. Good. Well, I love those two. Anything else on sales before we? Oh, I mean, I, th I think those two always stick out of mile. You know, be careful with your record keeping for the same reason. You know, you won't remember everything and you could miss something really important. And it's, again, it's, it's, it's so many salespeople are sloppy with their paperwork, uh, you know, again, because they think it's all about being charming and talking. Um, 
you know, and I think I think you have to be a people person in this day and age, a genuine people person, not a small me talk at you people person. Yeah, well, the, those four points, man, if we just did those four, so connecting with people, a relationship builder, uh, and often those type maybe don't keep as many much detailed records. So pulling those two skill sets together is really important. And then also being a great listener and then rephrasing it back so that you show that you heard their problem and then, you know, re research so that you can impress them with some of your insights about what their needs are. So I love those four points. Uh, well done, Jan. I love your insights on mental health and on scaling and startups. I can tell you've had some experience, positive and negative with all of those points. So uh, I love that. Um, Jan, if people want to find your books or find you, tell us tell us where to find and, and what the books are. And, and Absolutely. I have two. I have two. One is called Scale for Success. And I have a new one out this month, which is called Start for Success. And that's for people both starting and to start to scaling. So it's very much with a view to fast growth. But people who are just even thinking about starting a business, we take it right back to the whys and things like that. So it will help them as well. And is that on Amazon or where can find it? Those books are available from all the usual places, your okay. Barnes & Noble, your Amazon, you name it. Okay. And you can also read about them on my website, which is jancavell.co.uk. And just spell out Jan Cavell's for the J-A-N-C-A-V-E-L-L-E.co.uk. .co.uk. Lovely. Well, well done, Jan. And, and uh, we're uh, recording this at the end of January, uh, end of December, 2022. So happy holidays to you. And thanks so much for sharing your insights today. My pleasure. It's been a really, really nice afternoon. Thank you. Cheers.